Jesus, if you're not in love with Jesus, it is the best thing. Can I get a hand clap of praise and an amen? I love how you just jumped up, Kim. Yes, I like that. It is the Joe Fletcher in the back. Yes, it is the best thing I've ever done. It is the best thing that you will ever do. If it's your first time to Covenant Church, welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody just say welcome, welcome. We love you. You're watching online. Those that are watching online, Asher and his family and different ones, uh, Jerry, Don, and Diane are not here, and I've talked about them so much now. We might as well just greet them because I know they're watching online. Hate that you couldn't make it here today. If you ever are sick and you cannot make it to church, if you're ever out of town, uh, I know uh, Chuck and Carissa, they're out of town on vacation today, and I guarantee you they're watching this online. Welcome, guys. Glad you could watch. I know that you're probably on the couch in pajamas watching us, and it's okay. We, we accept that. They're on vacation. They get to do that. 20th, 20th wedding anniversary, so give some honor where honor is due. If you are ever in a place where you can't get to church, maybe you're at work and there's a, it's a Sunday, all the bosses are gone and everybody's left the office and you're stuck at the office or you're stuck on the job, pull your phone out, get online and watch church. It's not the same as being right next to the fire in real, for a real fire, but at least you can watch it, at least you can hear it. So we, had, we really encourage you, if you're not able to make church to watch online. It is very important that you get the word of God. This right here, this right here is going to save us. Amen. This is our, this is our saving grace right here. If you're uh, new to Covenant Church, you've never been here before, we've got a room right here to my right. We'd love to meet you after service. We've got some leaders that'll be over there. It's, it's a time of year at the end of the year where we have been talking about a sacrificial gift. I want to mention that one more time uh, today. We've got a great, big, huge expensive expansion that's going on over here and it's getting really really close to being finished uh it's just so those of you that are not walking into it and, and want to know what's going on and where we're at the plumbing has been done the air conditioners are inside the ac is done next step is the electrical and that's going to be getting started probably this next week we've got just pretty much all of the concrete poured that we need to have poured which was a huge huge expense and then um Sheetrock, lights, wiring, all of that stuff that's coming, flooring, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. We need it. If, you, if, you ever, if you've never been here, when people are coming in and going out, we need that. Uh, it's a huge need. Also, our youth downstairs, they're just so jam-packed and crowded. That's going to, half of the building is for uh, seating about 100 youth over there in the back end of that building. So just know that what you're doing is not just to make a better coffee bar or more restrooms or just a bigger foyer. It is to expand this sanctuary, to seat more youth, to, to move even more youth downstairs. It's just growth. So we have talked about and brought before the church a sacrificial gift above tithings and offerings. And uh, that's something that uh, we're going to make available to everybody. And I believe that God's going to make it to where we announce uh, at the first of the year that that building is completely paid off in cash, and I'm going to tell you what, church, we're on our way right now to paying that thing completely off in cash. And that is without lots and lots and lots of people coming to me or going and, and pay, or giving, giving a sacrificial gift. And uh, I want to thank God right now in front of all of you that this is happening right before our very eyes. There have been some very large gifts given towards this project over here. But I'm going to tell you what. And the heart that was with that gift, so pure, so correct, so right. Same gift of $5 or $10. So pure, so just the $10, the $100, what? To some, $100 it's like a penny. To some that have been so blessed, thousands of dollars is kind of like, ah, didn't really feel it. Glad God blessed me, and he's blessed me so abundantly that I can just give thousands of dollars towards a project or God's kingdom. But there are those that $100 or $20 is like, man, 
I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, some, I'm in a bind this year. This is tough. I want to tell you, this was supposed to be at the end of the sermon, but I want to tell you about a, a lady that's in our church. And I'm going to single one person out. I hardly ever do this, but I think it's good that we notice and realize that God is blessing this woman. And she, it's evident in her family and what's happening in her family and miracles, signs, and wonders and family members coming to God. That, and it's just amazing. It's a miracle happening in this woman's family. And this woman is not a big giver out of the wallet, okay? This woman gives of her time, and she volunteers. And I'm going to tell you what, it's something to look at and something to think about because many of us have a lot of time. If you don't believe me that you have a lot of time, go to your settings, pull out how much you've been on your screen, how much you've been, you know, I didn't know this, we found out here recently, your phone now will tell you how many times you picked it up. Ah, oh, don't want to go there, do we? I don't want to go there. Gloria Cordova, please stand. You just got you got to do it. I'm just I'm begging you. Thank you. Right over here. This. She's crying right now. Let me tell you. Thank y'all. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Let me tell you why she immediately started crying. You guys are her family. This is her family. She has family. She has blood, kin, and they come to church and they're part of this. But you guys are her family. She is up here for hours upon hours during the week, volunteering. And I don't, that's not meant to guilt anyone. All I'm saying is, is that we have the ability to do more than we think. Well, I can't write a check to that. I love that expansion. It's beautiful. I, I can't write a $10,000. I can't. I wish I could write, I wish I could write a million dollar check. I can't. But there's, I can do some. I can do some. And then if I can't even do that, I can give of my time. And I'm telling you, God is blessing Gloria Cordova's time just as much as someone who can write thousands of dollars in a check. Both are equally being blessed. It's because of the heart of giving that is coming from her. It is because of that heart of giving. There's no doubt someone who's here for the first time ever in your entire life. I don't want you to ever, ever, I, we, we are cautious about even talking about money in a church because there's, it could be that someone has it kind of rising up in them like, yep, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was coming. They, had, they took up an offering, and then he's talking about money again. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. I will tell you that I, my father, he told me, he said, Son, if you will give to God what is already his, if you don't believe it, read it. You feel like, oh, I'm going to give. I'm, I'm going to gift to God. I'm going to gift. No, it's actually already his. It is your money. Your, your money, it ain't your money. Find out. Turn away from God. Turn away from everything that God's wanting to do for you and watch how much it seems like there's like a curse on your life. But my father said I, my first job that I ever had, I was about, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old. And I, I was chalking the baseball fields in White House. Just a little town right over that direction, White House. And... I would make like 25 to 50 to maybe $100 uh, in a couple of weeks. And I, he, he taught me, I had a little ledger, paper, and a pen. $25, fields one, two, three, and four, $25. And I, he said, now, son, you, you, I want you to add that up. And he said, listen, God blessed you with this job. And I want you to know that, I want you to know that it is, you are following God's word by tithing to him, and you're giving him that tenth. And I started tithing when I was, I've never in my life not done it. Just simplified, I've never in my life not done it. I have done it with the wrong heart and the wrong attitude, and I'm telling you, God did not bless it. It didn't matter if I was given thousands of dollars. God did not bless it because my attitude and my heart were so wrong it couldn't have been any more wrong. I couldn't have been given with any more of a, of a 
a bad heart and a bad attitude. I gave like this. My wife would say, tithing this week is this. And I would like, hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, we pray that you would just bless this offering. Lord, just, mm. And sometimes I would even tell my wife, just don't even tell me what we're giving to the church. Just don't even tell me. I don't even want to know. Wrong attitude. Wrong heart. Now, with God changing my life and what he's done, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, hey, I want, we're going to give, 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 give. And I'm telling you, press down, shaking together and running over. Are y'all able to start the clock back there and you just hadn't started it? It's not working. Hallelujah. The TV went out. It's okay. I've got a clock right here. I want to share with, I, since, I'm gonna, since I'm doing something that I never, ever do, I want to share a blessing that God blessed us with. Don't get nervous. And I'm going to, no, I don't want to give the number because numbers don't matter. It's the heart. There was a number that came into my head. It was a lot. Well, what's a lot? A lot to a millionaire and a lot to a regular guy. It was a lot to me. And I said, Lord, I really feel impressed to give this money. And I, I did it. And within 24 hours, this is just me. This, I, I believe God can bless the heart. We have a, I'm a firefighter. I'm a pastor. And in 2014, we started a, another business and. My, I've got people that work for me that cleaning pools. I mean, we could, the, the pool boy, the pool guys, you know. And we're doing that. That's a business. And it's how, you know, God can bless anything. It's how I met Julio Torres. Julio called me and said, I need, hey, I need you to clean my pool. And he told me what kind of pool he had. And I, where, and I, I was like, no, I don't want to really do that. And I, no, blew him off. Blew him off, and he was persistent and persistent. Somebody's in this sanctuary right now today because Julio Torres was persistent with his witnessing, with his testimony, with his story. And then we started cleaning that pool and cleaning that pool, and he said, Pastor, I got somebody you need to meet. I got somebody you need to meet. And I remember one time he said, Pastor, we're going to fill that church up. We're going to fill that church up. And it wasn't about, about a month later. This church was jam-packed full of people. And we had some rappers in here. And it was awesome. It was a good time. We were having fun. And I was like, he didn't say how he was going to do it, but we did it. Brian Trejo. Anybody know Brian Trejo? You ever heard of him? This man can call Brian Trejo on the cell phone right now. And Brian Trejo, if he's not preaching right now, he's going to answer the phone. That's the kind of connections he has. So it's amazing what God has done. But... Um, that business, I said, we need to give out of that business. And within 24 hours, it was amazing. This has never happened in years and years of being in this business. A man called me and he said, hey, i got to go to the oil field. I've got to go and, and, and leave all of my customers. I'm dumping all of my customers on you. I gave them all your number. And just like that, I was given a, the amount of business that would not only equal what we had given, but it was more, it was probably triple the number of what we would have, what we gave in the dollars. I got that in customers within 24 hours. And I just got it. I want to tell somebody about it. I want to just say all glory to God. Not bragging. Not bragging. I'll tell you my honest, my, when I told a man at work the other day about this, I said, honestly, this is, I thought, I kind of feel guilty that I didn't give even more. <laughs> you can't outgive God. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. All right. December 17th is the end of the service year, uh, year in service. And I want you to all to plan on being here Sunday night on December 17th. December 17th. Uh, also, one other thing that I was asked to talk about if you are uh, someone who puts a child in the nursery, just consider volunteering for the nursery because you know for somebody to always be watching your baby your baby your baby you, okay I see how this is going I'm always watching your kid while you get to sit in church so if that's somebody in here and you are using the nursery consider please consider working in the nursery yourself sometimes okay enough let's go to the word of God everybody said Tim said immediately amen it's enough Jeremy stop talking let's go to the word of God
If you got your Bibles, and Tim, I'm just picking on you. Hey, we're going to call names as long as we can because it's getting to where uh, I, I can't learn all the names. I can't learn all the names. If you're here, and if you're ever here, and I come up to you and say, hey, good to have you today. Is this your first time here? No, I've been coming for about four or five months. I apologize. I'm actually changing on the advice of Brother Joe Fletcher. I'm actually changing the way I talk to people, and it's like, glad to have you. Stop. <laughs> glad to have you. Glad to have you. It's a good problem to have. It's not even a problem. It's just a good thing to have. Go to Judges chapter 5, and let's read one verse. Chapter 5, verse 2. This is, if you have a Bible right now and you look at the subheading there, the title says, The Song of Deborah. Deborah was a prophetess. Verse 2 says, When the princes in Israel take the lead, this is important, when, when you take the lead, when the people, everybody say willingly, willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Judges chapter 5 is the song of Deborah. Deborah was leading Israel at the time there was a time in Israel where Israel had come under attack. But Israel did not come under attack just because the devil just jumps on us sometimes. You're like, I'm doing everything right. Why is the devil on my back? I'm doing everything right. I'm so good. I'm so good. I can't help but be any more good. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's, there's our family, you know, we cut up, we laugh a lot. It's so funny. We have a little saying in our house where we, I don't even know how it started, but we say, you're good, good on, on your good, good. Well, I don't know why we even started that, but we're like, man, he's, he's good, good on his good, good. We're talking about our little dog and our little puppy. But that's how good you feel about yourself. You're, you're good, good. I mean, I'm good. I'm good, good. I am good, 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 good. I am. Why is the devil on my case? I want to go back and read, I don't think I've given them this scripture, but Judges chapter 4 and verse 1, the Israelites, it says, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And then for 20 years, they're having to deal with an evil man in the man of Sisera. You have to go back and read this story. I can't go through every bit of this story that starts around in Judges 4, 3, 4, goes into the 300 uh, in Judges 6. But I want to focus on some things here about what happened during this time of God pulling Israel out. They're facing a tough time. They're, it's, but listen... You're facing a tough time right now. It may be that you have turned your back on God. It may be that God is looking at you right now and you're saying, why, Lord, why, God, why? And he's saying, well, you, you are doing your evil again. You're, doing, you are, you're right back to your old ways. I pulled you out. I set you up on a rock to stay. And now you've jumped off the rock. And you're down in the muck and the mire again on your own choice. By your own choice, you walk away from the blessings of God and what God is doing for you. And you say, thanks, but no thanks. Not so much, God, right now because I'd like to just get right back down into this sink and this mud and this mire again. So, many times God allows things to happen. It says in the scripture that God allowed this to happen to them because they had gone back to evil. I want to preach to you today about get in the fight. Get in the fight. And we're going to read this scripture. We're going to get into the story a little bit. It doesn't matter if you are a man, woman, boy, girl. It is time for you to get in the fight. It does not matter your age. It doesn't matter if you are handicapped, it does not matter about anything. If you are living, breathing, heartbeat in your chest, you need to be in the fight. And you say, well, I don't know what I can do. If, if you can pray, if, if, if you have lost your voice and you can't even voice out a verbal prayer in your mind, you start, uh, that person would do battle in their mind. 
If you don't know what you can do, if you can't find an area to get plugged into here at Covenant Church, become a prayer warrior. It is time, church, that we pray. And if you don't know how to pray, just pray this. God, teach me to pray. Help me to learn how to pray. It's important that we pray. This was a time when the Israelites had done evil and God was allowing them to be sold into the hands of an evil man named Sisera. He had, the Bible says it kind of gives just a brief description and this brief description kind of tells how powerful he is and how powerful he was. And you need to know today, as much as you feel like there's a powerful force against you and it's coming against you or your family, and you say, this is powerful. This is something that is really hammering me and my family. You need to know that there's been somebody before you that's already faced it, overcome it, and been delivered from it in the name of Jesus. Amen? So this, the Bible says that he had 900 chariots of iron. And back in that day, when someone had 900 chariots of iron, it's like basically saying, listen, this is a guy and a force that you don't mess with. You don't come against this. You don't mess, mess with this. If he says, take all your family, pack up all your belongings, and get over there. Leave. You're out. Yes, sir. 900 chariots of iron. I'm out of here. Yes. No back talk. Just yes, sir. You're not going to get away from some of the things that can come against you without God's help. Let's go to Judges chapter 4. Verse 3, towards the end of it, the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. When I read this part of it, it made me think, it's amazing, but it absolutely is the human nature to just deal with. We had a sermon not too long ago called, Deal with what's dealt. But there are those that deal with in a different way. They don't deal with it like, okay, I see what you're doing, devil, and now I'm fixing to come at you in the name of the Lord, and I'm fixing to hammer you, devil. You have no idea. I'm going to drop down to my knees. I'm going to get in my prayer closet, and devil, you're going to wish that you ain't never walked down 120 Birmingham Forest Avenue and try to come up in my house because we, me and my house, we, serve, we now serve the Lord. I might not have, okay, don't try to pull that on me, devil. I might not have a few years back, but now at 120 Birmingham Forest, we got it on the wall. I got the Ten Commandments on my wall. I, we did it. I said, hey, you need to get the Ten Commandments, and we bought them, and they're on my wall. Did anybody ever hear me say that in a sermon? Get the Ten Commandments. Put them in your house. How many of y'all did that? All right, for those of you who don't have them, go buy some on Amazon. They can, you have them at your house in one day. It's amazing. But I, I read that scripture, and I thought, that was me. I wasn't dealing with like, oh, I'm fixing to deal a world of hurt to the devil because he tried to step in my territory. No, 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 that wasn't me several years back. He dealt me something, and I just dealt with it like, oh, just dealing with it and dealing with it and dealing with it. I'm not dealing with it like, mm, mm, mm. No, I'm just like, oh, oh. I'm just, I'll deal with it. Devil, 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 devil. Oh, the enemy. No, I was dealing with it. I just dealt. I just, just dealing with it. They were dealing with it for 20 years before pleading for help. 20 years. And you say, well, somebody, you read this scripture, you say, well, that's, that's dumb. Why would you deal with that for 20 years? The same reason that someone will not want to come to a celebrate recovery or be a part of a service or a prayer service or kind of delve into the spiritual side of things and say, you know what, I need some help. I need some deliverance. I need to find me a mentor. I need to kind of get somebody close to me that can help me. I need to find somebody who struggled with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, sin. I need somebody just like that to kind of be somebody that can text me and call me and kind of check on me and be my mentor. And somebody can help me to overcome this. Why? Because I really don't want to overcome it, really, honestly. 
I really don't want anybody checking on me because I kind of like it and it's kind of been kind of fun for me. I love to play Christian for a little while and then after I play Christian on Sunday and Sunday night, I even come to Sunday night prayer. That's good. I, but Monday now, whoo, Monday, that's finally like, whoo, he's up on me, God. We'll get back to my old ways. We need somebody that can deal with us. They dealt with it for 20 years. 20 years. And it's the same reason that somebody doesn't want to deal with something today. You've got a hurt, habit, hang up. You've got something. There's something in your life. There's something. I'm, I'm pleading with people today to just deal with it. Let's deal with this. Let's get in the fight. Let's get in the fight Let's conquer what has been conquering you. It's time to get in the fight. And what does it mean to get in the fight? you got to get in there. you got to get in the fight. you got to start slinging a little bit. you got to start jabbing a little bit. If you read the story, you find Sisera was ultimately defeated and killed by a woman named Jael. She called him to her tent. And I, I, I want to pull out a point in this story how it was a woman, after all these kings and all these men of war, the one who defeated him was a woman. So women today, let me just speak to you guys, you, you gals, excuse me, you gals today, let me speak to the women right now. If you've had a man who has left you out in the cold. If you have had some situations happen to you where you feel like, I'm defeated, I can't make it, my circumstance and my situation, I am destined to lose. At 13 and 14 years old, you didn't think that. You had high hopes, you had aspirations and dreams, and you thought of all these things that were going to happen. If, you, if that is you today, I'm telling you, God can use you to defeat the enemy that even the man can't defeat. She called him into that tent. She covered him. He asked for some water. She gave him some, the Bible calls it curdled milk. I, it sounds gross to me. She gave, him some, she gave him some warm sippy cup milk. She said, here, Cicero, just sip on this. Sissy, sissy, recipe. Start sipping here on this, Cicero. Cicero, I think, kind of turned into kind of a sissy. There's, I'm gonna, we're going to have to re-preach this sermon one of these days, and I'm going to call him Sissy Ruh. And then she covered him up, and she, she, and then while he was asleep in that tent, wham! Does anybody know how she killed him? This woman was bad to the bone. She got a wooden stake, held it up to his temple with a big old hammer mallet, and said, what? What? And drove it through his skull and pinned him to the ground. I want to bring up that gory kind of scene right now because I want to tell you something. It's important how you kill the enemy. It's important how you finally, after 20 years, you decide, you know what? I've had enough. You know what? I've had enough. And you walk up to the enemy and you say, Jaron, come up here and help me. I need to get somebody who's big, got muscles. Bryce, come on up. Y'all come on up. Both of y'all. My father-in-law said he's coming up. I want to just go ahead and just say I'm proud of these boys. These are my boys. And George is downstairs teaching right now. Yeah, I need y'all to just stand right there and face me. Now listen, these guys walk up to me on the street See, I was able to punk them back when they were a little bit smaller. And even when they got bigger and older, I could still kind of punk them and flex and just be like, you know, I used to be able to throw you across the room. And they're like, yeah, you used to. <laughs> now, th these guys, they're going to play the enemy. And I know that's tough for y'all to see them as the enemy because they are so, so awesome and used of God. I think that, thank God for some good godly men. But if I'm going to approach the enemy, and after 20 years, I finally made up my mind, you know what, I, I'm, I'm fixing to kick the enemy out of my house. And I say, mm, mm, you get away from me, devil. Mm. 
away from me. Get away from me, devil. Devil going to be right back up in the mix. He's going to be all up in your grill. You ain't getting rid of, you know, do you want to get rid? Do we want to get in the fight or do we want to get in the fight? If I knew it wouldn't, if I knew it wouldn't make some people uncomfortable right now, I would try physically to just manhandle these boys across the stage. And, and, and I'm not going to do it. Bryce is like, my God, Dad. I mean, they talk to me about my sermons. A lot of times we go to, out to eat after church or go somewhere. And like, I mean, you have to stop doing this. You have to stop saying that. Stop calling us up in front of everybody. They're talking right now. He said, they say it's too much testosterone up here. He's like, we can't let you win. That's exactly, that's a good point. You know, the devil says this to us. I can't let you win. Has anybody seen the previews for the new movie that's out called The Shift? There's a scene in The Shift and the devil is saying, you have no idea. I'm bigger than you. I will defeat you. I will kill you. And that's the devil saying it to the, to the man. And all of the man does is just bury his head at the table. He says, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need your help. I need you to help me overcome this. I need you to conquer this. I need you to help me, God. Deliver me. Deliver me. And if you don't know what the scene, how the scene plays out, when I pray again, y'all just walk off. And that's what happens. He, they're just screaming. They're just coming at him. And y'all can walk off as he's praying. He says, Father, help me in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from the, my enemy. Deliver me, God. I can't do this without you, Lord. I need you, Jesus. Lord, I need you, God. Somehow, some way, God. Lord, I don't even know how to pray, but Lord, I need you, Jesus. And the devil was gone. The devil was gone. I'm telling you, church, today, if you will simply start to fight, but you can't, there's no way that I can manhandle both of those young men who can lift more than me and they're stronger than me. There's no way that I can manhandle them. They would have thrown me on the ground and had me screaming, Uncle, Uncle, okay, which Uncle? Call the right Uncle. Uncle, Uncle Tim. Oh, Uncle, Uncle. Wrong Uncle. Oh, that's how the devil has some of y'all right now. I can't do it, but I can pray to a mighty, powerful God. You got to invoke the name of Jesus. You can't just say, well, I'm a Christian and I love God. And I shook the preacher's hand and I was even baptized when I was six years old. Man, you've done a lot of nasty, evil junk. Time, time you were six to the time you were 26. You hadn't lived for God. You hadn't called on God. You hadn't prayed to God. You hadn't done nothing. And then you want to say, well, I'll expect God to come in here and, and deliver me from the, the hand of the enemy. You better be calling on somebody that you've been calling on for a, the past two or three weeks and fasting and praying and reading your word. And then you say, you know what? Now I'm ready to go to battle. The Bible says to put on the whole armor of God, okay? You need the whole armor of God. Some of us want to just say, I'm going to just carry the sword of the Spirit and I'm going to just be like, you don't have the shield of faith. You don't have the breastplate of righteousness. These things are descriptive terms. You need the whole armor. Well, I went to church three times this last year and it's better than last year because last year I didn't even go. Actually, I went on Easter. I forgot. We hunted Easter eggs. It's Resurrection Sunday, okay? It's not Easter Sunday, if you look it up and do some search and history on it, Easter actually comes from a demonic name, the word Easter. Oh, kids are downstairs, relax. Easter bunny, all, I mean, we have taken what we have done as a, the human race. We have taken good things and put in our human twist on it. All right, let's get back in the notes. What I want, okay, what I want to pull from this today is that there were those that were in the fight while others watched. Let's read Judges chapter 5 and go to chapter, or verse 15. I'm going to read verse 15 through 23. The princes of Issachar were, were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, rushing after him into the valley. In, in the districts of Reuben, there was much... I want you to just focus on this. i got to underline in my Bible. There was much searching of heart. Okay? Come back to that in a minute. Why did you, 
Why did you stay among the campfires to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Verse 17, Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives. Sounds like somebody that was in the fight. So did Naphtali on the heights of the field. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. But they carried off no silver, no plunder. From the heavens the stars fought, from their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away, the age-old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horses, hooves, galloping, galloping, go his mighty steeds. But then there was an angel who noticed even yet another one that was just standing by the wayside, by the side of the fight and the battle that's going on, and they're just watching. Curse, Merose, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. I'm telling you what, it's a dangerous place to be, to not be with us and everybody around you getting in the fight. And you want to watch and sit back and not get involved and not volunteer and just uh, you, you, no praying, no prayer. Just show up and just know there's nothing coming out of you. It's take, take, take. And I'm not talking about you give, give, give like, well, I worship God when I'm riding down the road. I mean, I'll give him my praise. Lord, I give you my praise today. I sing and I praise. And if, if all you can do is just work and make money, that's all you can do. You're so busy. You work 24-7 and you, all you can do is just make money. Well, then I say to that man, Brother Big Bucks, I say, bless the kingdom of God. Bless the church. Bless a youth ministry. Go bless a Sunday school classroom. Go buy a bunch of bicycles. It's Christmas time. Do something. Do something with what God has given you. If he's given you a job that takes up every single bit of your time, well, then all that time that you gave to that job, turn around and give some of that time to God in the form of something else. God's wanting everyone to get in the fight. But those that don't get in the fight, be careful that you are not cursed like the city of Meros. Meros in Hebrew means to withdraw or hide. Look at somebody right now and say, it's time to get in a fight. It's time to get in a fight. Heaven has declared war. Where do you stand in this war? What do you mean? War? Man, man. I didn't wake up this morning to any rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat. I didn't see any bombs. It's not Israel. I didn't see rockets flying over. There was no invasion this morning. I actually went to the donut shop and got me glazed donuts and hot coffee. It was very relaxing. Cold air came in from the north. Beautiful blue sky. Had another coffee when I got to church. It's, it's not war. This is not war. I see war everywhere around me in the spirit realm. Some of y'all love to display your wars that you're having on Facebook. And I don't even have to delve in and be real secretive like Sherlock Holmes looking around. I'm like, they battling. They're battling. They got something going on. I pray for y'all. I pray for y'all. I did tell someone today. I, I said, listen. My wife and I made a vow to each other. We will not comment on one Facebook post. As much as we want to, and I'm talking about the good stuff. And uh, I found that couple here this morning. I said, hey, I want to congratulate y'all and say I've noticed what you put on Facebook. That's very, very good. A lot of y'all know this. If I see something, I'll text you personally or call you because I don't want anybody to feel like, well, hmm, you commented on their post and you wish their kid happy birthday. You said happy anniversary to them. You know what? I posted my anniversary for four years and nobody has ever, you have never, my pastor, my, I thought you were my friend. You have never ever commented on happy anniversary or even hearted me or liked me. Do not let your spiritual self get tore down and messed up 
because you ain't got enough hearts and faces and likes. And man, that is the most, that stuff to me is junk. That's not real. That's fake book. That is actually fake book. You know, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Oh, you said something wrong? Unfriended. Unfollow. I'm not your friend. Oh, you back on my team? Oh, I'm now your friend. Oh, you showed up to this meeting? Oh, unfriended. How many of y'all been unfriended and friended by the same person in about two or three months? That ever happened to y'all? Yeah. You got to ask yourself, should they be a mm, friendectomy? Go to, the, go to God. Lord, I need some friend, I need a little friendectomy here. Listen, it's time to enlist, involve, and invest. Matthew 12, 30 says this. Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. What does that mean to you? What are you doing? I will... Em- Go ahead and guilt trip me and everybody else in here. What are you doing to gather? What are you, if you're not gathering, the Bible says we're scattering. Now I know, I fully believe that nobody is walking around Rusk or the Cherokee County, Smith County, Angelina Rusk, whatever county, and saying, I want you to check this place out. It did not change my life. Matter of fact, I'm worse off than I've ever been in my life. And you need to run, run, run. Here's their address. Never go there. That's weird. Most people give me a card like that and say they love. No, I'm telling you, I'm not a gatherer. I'm a scatterer. They don't know it. I'm a spy. I'm I'm in the midst of them. And I scatter, scatter, scatter. I know nobody's doing that. But... The Bible does say if you're not gathering, you're scattering. I wish you were hot or cold because that lukewarm stuff, the Bible says he spew us out of his mouth, that lukewarm. He wants you to be hot, on fire, on fire, a move of God in your heart. And some people say, I don't have it. I really am not on fire for God. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not on fire for God. I wake up, I go to work, I have a good week. I really don't have major problems, but I'm not on fire for God. You need to start praying, God, stir up the gift in me. God, I need to be on fire for you. I need a relationship with you. I've lost it. No raising of hands, but many of you can go back to a time in your mind where you can say, I remember at seven years old being in an altar. I remember a touch of God. I remember my Sunday school teacher or my youth leader laying hands on me and praying for me. And I remember tears of joy, not tears of sorrow. And I remember raising my hands and saying, Father, I give you everything. And Lord, I promise I'll live for you. I love you, God. And now it's 20 years later. And we've turned back to evil. And 20 years later, now, wherever that scripture, Judges 4, 3, or whatever it was, now, I need, I don't know what happened, God. I don't even know how I got here. I need you, God. Lord, I'm ready to get back in the fight. Lord, I'm ready to get back in the fight. I need you, God. You need to know here today there's no middle ground. Too many people are bored with church. It's time to get in the fight. We're going nothing but up. This church body is going nothing but up. And so right now what I'll say to you is, which I originally was trying to, this message was originally going to be keep up. Just keep up. Because we're moving. We are moving, moving, moving. And I'm, I need you to keep up. I want to give you just a brief example of what I mean and how this sermon kind of started in my heart. And this happened at 1 o'clock in the morning, two nights ago. And I love my job and I love that camaraderie and everything. But I tell you what, and Bryce, matter of fact, he fought a fire last night. Thank you, Lord, for watching over my son. I I hadn't heard all the details, but I'm sure it was amazing and awesome and all the fun stuff. Hate somebody had a problem, but, you know, that's firemen. You're like, hey, we get to do our job, help somebody. It's it's hard to understand that statement. 
We don't wish ill on anyone, but if you're going to have a problem, we're happy to help. So this is, this is me, 1 o'clock, 1, 10, 1, 15, two nights ago. Sound asleep, loving my sleep. I'm not like this dude over here. I don't want to get up and do this. I have to get up and do this. But I remember, I'm thinking, this is when it hit me. I got back in the truck and I thought, this guy who's not a member of my crew, who got what we call shipped in, he got moved over to Station 7 to be a part of my crew, middle of the shift. Somebody had to go home. Here he comes. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, Chris? Man, hadn't seen you in a long time. I mean, there's a lot of fire stations and a lot of guys and a lot of shifts. And I'm like, don't really know this guy. I just trust and know that he's been trained. He knows what he's doing. And we get a call at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I jump out of that truck, and I've got all my gear on, and I'm jumping out, and I'm giving a radio size up, and I'm doing what I need to do, and I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to turn around and say, Chris, Chris, be sure you do this. Chris, be sure you grab that. Chris, Chris, Chris. No, no, uh He sees the situation. He knows the problem, and he is right on my hip. And he said, he's basically saying to me at that point, I'm ready to get in the fight. I'm ready to get in a fight, Cap. Let's go, Cap. Let's go. Where are we going? We're getting a fight. It's important that you take the time on your own. Don't have a fight and me say, hey, by the way, we're fixing to be in a fight. Guys, we're going to be in a fight this week. I'm going to need you to come on now. Get your, get your dukes up. Come on. Now, now, if he throws the right, you fake, you throw the, you, I'm going to teach you how to fight. It's too late. It's too late. When the fight comes, you got to be ready to get in the fight. I don't need to explain to you how to get in the fight. It's upon us. It's on us right now to know how to get in the fight. So keep up. So keep up. That gentleman, Chris, on my hip, he's like, wherever you go, I'm going. I'm keeping up. I'm on you. I'm keeping up. There's no retirement in this Christian way. Matthew 25 Verses 14. Let me just go there real quick in my Bible. If you're there, say amen. Amen. I know. Y'all got it on the screen, y'all cheaters. Matthew 25. Verse 14. And again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gave five more. Congratulations. Good job, man. So also the one with two talents gained two more. Very good. Proud of you. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Skip down to verse 24. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you, would, you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. That's the answer that God has for those that will take the blessing, the blessings that God gives you, what you have in your hand, what little you have, and you don't use it for God. You don't use your time. You don't use your talent. You don't use your treasure. He says, you wicked, lazy servant. Oh, gracious. You don't close a sermon like this, you goofball. Jeremy, you're a pastor. Don't close a sermon like this. We got to be ramped up, hyped up. That's how we close a sermon. God says today, it's important. Don't be caught in the church unemployment line. If you don't have an area to plug in, pray. If all you can do is become wealthy, give. There is a place for everyone to get in the fight. Mark 14, it says, or we read of the woman with the alabaster jar of perfume and the anointing that she anointed Jesus. And she had been given something that was very valuable. And she broke that alabaster box in that jar and she began to pour the, the, the anointing oil all over Jesus. Mark 14 and 8. It says, she did what she could. She did what she could. Everybody stand. I'm closing. 
Romans 12, 1, last scripture. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He didn't say just present your bodies. Hey, we can get warm bodies in a church. We can, we can fill this place where it's just no room and we're having two services. We got a new sanctuary with a thousand people in it. Warm bodies. No, no, no. God says to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies holy. Present your bodies acceptable to God, which is basically when he says your reasonable service or true and proper service, it's like he's saying, you know what? That's the least you can do. Your reasonable service. After all I've done for you, after everywhere I've carried you from and what I've done, I need you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies holy. Present your bodies acceptable to me, which is your reasonable service. So, now we're going to close this sermon out. What are we going to do at the end of this sermon? At the end of this message, here we go. God is calling out and saying, there's a war, there's a battle. It's in the spirit realm. The devil is attacking your son. The devil is attacking your spouse in their minds, in their hearts, in their thoughts. And you say, no, he's not. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Your family is under a spiritual attack. While we're down at the donut shop having hot coffee and glazed donuts and blue skies and cool, crisp air, the devil is attacking our families. It's secretive. It's like a spy coming in. It's like an invasion, a secret invasion. And right now, in this house, in this house of God, this church building where the presence of God is falling and moving, it is now time to get in the fight. And I'm not talking about listening to 89.5 Christian radio and Christian music. I'm not talking about a little bread thing on your table where you pull out a little piece of paper like we did when we were kids and says now I lay my head to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep that's my prayer every night boy I'm faithful I pray that the Lord will just keep me in no no it's time to get in the fight when I'm in the fight I don't fight fair I get loud I claw I scratch I bite I kick and when you got me down and you think you can't get I'm going to bite your ankle if you've got me in a hole I don't play fair if all I can do is just arr, 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 I'm going to get a hold of some skin in a minute and you're going to let go of that grip devil so it's time to get in the fight I like what I'm seeing I want everybody to just turn your eyes to the far far corner of that sanctuary back there no no y'all keep doing what you're doing because this is good y'all see them can y'all stand up on the chairs back there? I want to stand up on the chairs and show them what you're doing right now. See that? That to me is what we need to be as a church body getting in the fight. This right here. So everybody, let's just do that right now. Find somebody, put your arm around them. Find somebody. Okay, if it's, if it's somebody weird, just hold their hand. Just hold their hand. Listen, I ain't trying to spark up nothing weird in here. It's all That's your brother in Christ. That's your sister in Christ. It's time to get in the fight. I want y'all to play this song. And I'm telling you, as they play this song, everybody begin to let it be rising up like a roar. Just begin to pray and worship. This is Satan. how I fight my battle. If you need to come to the altar, come to the altar. Bring that person with you. If you need to come to the altar, bring them with you. This is my battle. It's time to get in the fight, church. It's time to get in the fight. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Hands raised. Father, I need this you. This is how I fight my
and grip them and hug them and tell them you are strong in the name of this Jesus. This is no my battles. This is no in a little pond. This is big waters. The Lord has opened up the floodgates at Covenant Church and in this whole area and the floodgates are open. We said, Lord, send us the hard cases and they're coming in and we need you. We need you to buckle down. Get involved. Be with us. Be with us in the fight. As you're walking out, just tell people, get in the fight. Get in the fight. 